Very good morning to each and every one of you. We're going to be looking in our Bibles today from 2 Chronicles and starting from chapter 14, please. 2 Chronicles, and we're going to be reading from chapter 14. I'm going to be looking at uh, the life of a very known, well-known king of Judah, King Asa. And uh, his story is covered in three chapters. Very helpfully, uh, the chapter 14 of 2 Chronicles covers the first 10 years. And then uh, chapter 15 covers the next 25 years of his life. And then chapter 16 covers the last six years. But uh, three chapters is a lot to go through, so uh, we're just going to look at selected uh, portions from these three chapters, and then we'll pick out a couple of points from each of the chapters this morning to see what we can apply to our lives uh, when we look at the life of King Asa. So I'll ask Dean if he could please read 2 Chronicles chapter 14, verses 1 to 12, please, to start with. Second Chronicles chapter 14, beginning at verse 1. So Abijah rested with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David. Then Asa his son reigned in his place. In his days the land was quiet for ten years. Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. For he removed the altars of the foreign gods and the high places and broke down the sacred pillars and cut down the wooden images. He commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and to observe the law and the commandment. He also removed the high places and the incense altars from all the cities of Judah and the kingdom was quiet under him. And he built fortified cities in Judah For the land had rest, for he had no war in those years, because the Lord had given him rest. Therefore he said to Judah, Let us build these cities and make walls around them, and towers and gates and bars, while the land is yet before us, because we have sought the Lord our God. We have sought him, and he has given us rest on every side. So they built and prospered. And Asa had an army of 300,000 from Judah who carried shields and spears and from Benjamin, 280,000 men who carried shields and drew bows. All of these were mighty men of, of valor. Then Zerah, the Egyptian, came out against them with an army of a million men and 300 chariots, and he came to Merishah. So Asa went out against him, and they set the troops in battle array in the valley of Zephaniah at Merishah. And Asa cried out to the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing for you to help, whether with many or with those who have no power. Help us, O Lord, our God, for we rest on you. And in your name we go against the multitude, O Lord. For you are our God. We do not let, do not let man prevail against you. So the Lord struck the Egyptians before Asa and Judah and the Egyptians fled. 
Thank you, Dean. <clears throat> the first ten years of the reign of King Asa was peaceful. I wonder whether you notice the two words that crop up several times in the f- first uh, in this chapter. Uh, notice the words quiet and the word rest. Over and over again, it comes up. Verse one, uh, you will see the word quiet. Verse five. Uh, again, you will see at the end of the verse the word quiet. Uh, verse 6, uh, at the end of verse 6, the word rest. Verse 7, uh, also at the, towards the end of the verse, the word rest. So, why was it so peaceful? Why was it so quiet? Why was there rest these 10 years? Well, The answer is very clear and very straightforward. Firstly, I want you to notice verse 3. Asa, uh, he took away the altars of the strange gods and the high places and the images. You see, he started to do things that were right in the eyes of God. And so he had resolved in his heart to do the right thing. And so he started by doing it. He took away the altars of the strange gods. Then verse 4. Notice how he commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and to do the Lord and the commandment, do the law and the commandment. You see, not only was he going to do it himself, he decided that he wanted to influence others as well. So because idolatry had been suppressed, and God had been given his proper place uh, in national life, God gave his people the necessary conditions to strengthen and to build the kingdom and to have quiet and to have a peaceful life. Esau recognized that God had done this because in verse 7 he says, uh, because we have this quiet and peace, let us build while the land is yet before us. Because we have sought the Lord our God. Uh, we have sought him and he has given rest to us. So you see, uh, herein lies the very first lesson. <clears throat> Let us stop for a moment and think about this. If we are to build strong and effective lives for God, we must make sure that right from the beginning that he has the first place in our lives. Anything or anyone that displaces God in our lives is an idol. Now, Esau's idols were different from in that time to the idols that each of us face in our daily life. Now, every one of us at some point in our life will have various type of idols. Uh, It could be the idol of money. It could be the idol of Education, perhaps we want to get well educated and we focus all our time and effort on it. It could be that uh, we have uh, some special TV program that is idle. We would never give that up. We would always want to be on time to see that. It could be any number of idols. But anything 
that takes our time away from God, anything that displaces God in our life is an idol. And we have to remove that from our lives. Esa realized this. And what he did was he removed it from his life and he influenced the people in his land to do that. And what did God do? He gave them peace and rest. And God blessed them. Then I want you to notice next that <coughs> uh, peace gave war to an invasion by Ethiopia. Uh, you can see that towards the end of chapter 14. And the attackers from Ethiopia were a million strong. They hugely outnumbered the army of Judah by two to one. And although faced with such immense uh, force, Esau's faith in God did not waver. I want you to notice um, his words that he said that is worthy of full quotation here in verse 11. Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or uh, with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on thee, and in thy name we go against this multitude, O Lord. Thou art our God, let no man prevail against thee. Do you sense the amount of confidence that he has in God? You see, life exerts pressure on all of us. All of us face various types of pressure. And sometimes problems seem difficult and overwhelming in our lives. We have to face things that our mind cannot comprehend or bear. And then there is the evil one. He is wanting to make sure that you fail. If you are a child of God, his only aim is to bring you down. So the Christian has these unseen powers of darkness whose intention is to bring defeat into your life. But remember, just like Esau did, that we worship a great and a mighty God. He is capable of conquering any number of force. Even a million is nothing to him. Esau remembered that. That is why he said these words. Let us also hold on to the promises of God. You see, um, in the Bible, there is a great assurance given to us that our God is greater than all else. And we find that in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4. And in that it says, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So you see, however much Satan thinks that he can trip you up, uh, he can bring you down, he can make you fall, our God is greater. Our God is greater. And if you put your trust and your faith in him, he will uphold you through whatever difficulty you are facing in your life. So, remember that the Lord Jesus is superior to any enemy that may confront us. Uh, but it is very important to note the uh, governing words of Esa's statement that he made there 
in verse 11. He said, O Lord, our God, thou art our God. You see, so he was sure that the Lord was his God and he held on to that belief. And if you also have the faith and trust in God this morning, if you give him the first place in your life, he can take care of you just like he did for Esa. Remember what Thomas, the Apostle Thomas said, my Lord and my God. <clears throat> Is he the Lord and God of your life? Give him that position and he will take care of whatever situations that come in your life. Then I want to uh, move to the next chapter, chapter 15, the next 25 years of Esau's life. So in chapter 14, the first 10 years of his life, peace and rest, nothing else. Why? Because he followed God and God's word. And now let's see chapter 15. Uh, Dean, could you please read 2 Chronicles chapter 15 verses 1 to 4 and then 10 to 19. 2 Chronicles 15, 1 through 4, and then 10 through 19. Now the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Obed. And he went out to meet Asa and said to him, Hear me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. For a long time, Israel has been without the true God, without a teaching priest and without law. But when in their trouble, they turned to the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found by them. Verse 10. So they gathered together at Jerusalem in the third month, in the 15th year of the reign of Asa. And they offered to the Lord at that time 700 bulls and seven thousand sheep from the spoil they had brought. Then they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart and with all their soul. And whoever would not seek the Lord God of Israel was to be put to death, whether small or great, whether man or woman. Then they took an oath before the Lord with a loud voice, with shouting and trumpets and ram's horns. And all Judah rejoiced at the oath, for they had sworn with all their heart and sought him with all their soul. And he was found by them. And the Lord gave them rest all around. And he removed Maacah, the mother of Asa the king, from being queen mother because she had made an obscene image of Asherah. And Asa cut down her obscene image and then crushed it and burned it by the brook Kidron. But the high places were not removed from Israel. Nevertheless, the heart of Asa was loyal all his days. He also brought into the house of God the things that his father had dedicated and that he himself had dedicated, silver and gold and utensils. And there was no war until the 35th year of the reign of Asa. So peace and rest continued into this next 25 years of Esau's life. And why was this? Why was God uh, blessing Judah during this period? Well, let's find out. Now, the first part, the first seven verses 
of chapter 15, you will notice that Esa was listening to the word of God. He was listening while uh, Azariah came to speak to him. Now, then you will notice uh, from verses 8 to 19, after listening to what was told to him, he did something about it. He took action. Now, I want us to remember this lesson. You see, this is a very good example of the New Testament teaching that is given in James chapter 1 and verse 22, where it says, Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Esa listened very carefully to what he was saying, what he was told, and then he went and did something about it. Now, I know that many of you come here uh, week after week. You listen to uh, wonderful sermons from Adel, Dean, Bill, and many others. But are you putting all this into practice in your life? Are you doing something about it? Why was Esa successful? Because he did something about it in his life. Do you know that <clears throat> the Lord Jesus once described a wise man like this in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24. This is how he defined what a wise man is. He said, Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I would liken him to a wise man. So you see all these instructions that are being given. Is it just to listen to it? And not take any action about it? No. You will be wise if you took these words to heart and you made it applicable to your life. Now, I want you to notice Esau's response to the message that Azariah brought him. Uh, look at verse 2. The Lord is with you while ye be with him. If ye seek him, he will be found of you. These are very important words from the Bible. And it is still applicable to you and I today. The Lord is with you, but only while you are with him. If you seek him truly from the bottom of your heart, if you want to seek him, he will find you. He will be with you. And Esa took these words to his heart. He believed it. And this is what Esa and all Judah did. Look at verse 12. And they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers. They did something about it. And verse 15. Notice who did it. It says in verse 15, all Judah sought him with their whole desire and he was found of them. Not just one or two of them. All of them decided to seek God and do something about it. And how did they do this? How did they do this? Verse 12, with all their heart and with all their soul. And then verse 15, they had sworn with all their heart 
and sought him with their whole desire. My friend, this morning, if you want to bring that peaceful times into your life, that quiet times in your life, give God the first place in your life. If you seek him, he will come and be with you. What did this involve? That what Esa did. You see, they were completely and wholehearted in their devotion and obedience to God. It meant that no idol could possibly be allowed to remain in any form. Zero. There was no idols in their life because they wholeheartedly did it. Verses 8 and 16 show us that they were really sincere in their desire. And this went not only purging the land of idolatry, but personally, Asa had to take some action in his own life. You can see that in verse 16, what did he do? His mother was having some idol in her life. And what did the king do? He removed her from being queen and then he took her idol down and he destroyed it. You see, you can just imagine what the people would have said if the king had smashed all the idols in the land but let his mother keep his own her idols. What would they have said? Double standards. But you notice here the king he gave no priority to his own family. It's a difficult thing to do. But not only if you want to put, uh, remove the idols from your life, make sure that in your family also they are following the same principles. Just like King Asa did. I can just imagine if my mother held the position of queen and I was to try to remove that privilege from her, it would be very difficult. I mean, the Bible only gives one sentence here, but I'm sure that at that time a lot went into it, divesting her of her position in the kingdom. But he was willing to take the hard action, the tough action, and he did it. And that is what made him so successful, having all these years of peace, quiet, and living a victorious life. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Rajiv wants me to remove all the idols from my life, and there's going to be no fun. It's going to be all boredom, and I'll be having nothing to entertain me. That's what you're thinking, isn't it? Because these are the type of idols that... Uh, the world has today. And you're thinking that there'll be no joy in my life. But let me tell you this, that if you take these steps that the Bible has laid out for us, that you will get real joy in your life. Now you see, <clears throat> I want you to notice verses 13, uh, 14 and 15. Notice in verse 14 that uh, and they swore unto the Lord with a loud voice, with shouting and with trumpets and with cornets. And then 
in uh, verse 15, the first sentence, and all Judah rejoiced. There was joy. There was joy when they took this action. I would like us also to look at this scripture from the Bible. John chapter 15 and verses 10 and 11. John 15 (coughs) and verses 10 and 11. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Verse 11, these things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and your joy might be full. So you see that? If you keep my commandments, what is the end result? Joy. So don't think that by removing these idols from your life, you're going to have a boring life, no joy in your life. No. God is going to fill your life with joy. When you focus only on him and give him the first place in your life. The value of seeking God wholeheartedly was seen here over the next 20 years. Compare, look at verse 10. Uh, Verse 10 says that they gathered themselves together at Jerusalem. Thank you. In the third month, in the fifteenth year of the reign of Asa. And then look at verse 19. And then there was no more war unto the five and thirtieth year of the reign of Asa. So you see, what a long span. There was no more war. Why? Because they followed these principles. Then we move on to chapter 16. And Dean, please could you read Verses 1 to 4 and 7 to 14. The last six years of Asa's life. Second Chronicles chapter 16 verses 1 to 4 and 7 to 14. In the 36th year of the reign of Asa, Beasha king of Israel came up against Judah and built Ramah that he might let none go out or come in to Asa king of Judah. Then Asa brought silver and gold from the treasuries of the house of the Lord and of the king's house and sent to Ben-Hadad king of Syria who dwelt in Damascus saying, Let there be a treaty between you and me as there was between my father and your father. See, I have sent you silver and gold. Come, break your treaty with Beasha, king of Israel, so that he will withdraw from me. So Ben-Hadad heeded King Asa and sent the captains of his armies against the cities of Israel. They attacked Aishalam, Dan, Abomeam, and all the storage cities of Naphtali. Now over to verse 7. And at that time... Hanai the seer came to Asa king of Judah and said to him, Because you have relied on the king of Syria and have not relied on the Lord your God, therefore the army of the king of Syria has escaped from your hand. Were the Ethiopians and the Lubim not a huge army with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet, because you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth 
to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. In this you have done foolishly. Therefore, from now on, you shall have wars. Then Asa was angry with the seer and put him in prison, for he was enraged at him because of this. And Asa oppressed some of the people at that time. Note that the acts of Asa, first and last, are indeed written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. And in the 39th year of his reign, Asa became diseased in his feet, and his malady was severe. Yet in his disease, he did not seek the Lord, but the physicians. So Asa rested with his fathers. He died in the 41st year of his reign. They buried him in his own tomb, which he had made for himself in the city of David. And they laid him in the bed, which was filled with spices and various ingredients prepared in a mixture of ointments. They made a very great burning for him. Thank you, Dean. Now, on past record, you would have thought that Asa would have been a good king right to the end of his life. Isn't that so? Because he'd proved it all. He tested it all and he'd passed. But sadly, the last six years of his life was nothing like the first 35 years of his life. There's a lesson in that for us. And the lesson is that danger lurks round every corner of the pathway of our life. You can never for one moment think, I'm in a good position. I'm well with God, I'm, uh, uh, you know, these kind of invincible thoughts. You cannot think that. There is in a verse that tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth, take heed, lest he fall. And the lesson from Asa should always be in our mind, because he was going so well, And yet he fell. Now, uh, this portion that we just read, uh, Besha's intention was to blockade Judah by building Rama. We see in verse 1. And a map will show you that this city has been very carefully selected because it was a good point to control the border between Judah and Israel. And Asa could see that there was only one way to break the hold of Basha. And that was by bribing the king of Syria to come and help him. And so that is what he did. He bribed the king of Syria, and the king of Syria came and fought and removed this blockade. And it all looked very satisfactory. You know, his plan had worked, but God was not satisfied. All these years, all these battles, he had trusted God. But yet, now, he decided, instead of going to God, to go to the king of Syria. And so, what did God do? He sent a man with a message for Asa. And he comes, uh, and then, uh, in verse 7, he gives the message to Asa. And he says that Asa's lack of faith was the reason why he is now in trouble with God. Thou hast relied on the king of Syria and not relied on the Lord thy God. 
Now, uh, in verse 8, it says there, the man agrees that the Ethiopians and the, uh, whom he had fought on an earlier battle, they were huge hosts, huge army, double the number of Judah's army. But yet, God had given them the victory. So why now did you not trust in God? So to sum it up, failure to trust in God is a very serious thing. It's not uh, just bad for us in the long run, but it's also an insult to God himself when you don't have trust in him. You see, God wants us to have complete faith and trust in him. God wants you to show that you are trusting him in your life. There is a very important verse here, one of my favorites in the Bible. Uh, it's verse 9. And it says there, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. He's watching you. To show himself strong on the behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards him. Throughout your week, throughout every day, 24 hours a day, God's eyes are going to and fro throughout the whole earth. And he's looking right into your heart. If your heart is perfect towards him, he will show himself strong on your behalf. He'll be there for you. I hope and pray that you will be found in such a position. Because the other side of the coin is a very sad picture indeed. And notice, uh, we are almost out of time here, but I uh, will just go to the end of the chapter, uh, verse 12. Uh, and notice how Asa dies. It says there that in his disease, he sought not to the Lord, but to the physicians. So, right to the end of his life, what happened? He still didn't have the trust in God. He went to the physicians. And notice the last verse there, verse 14, that they buried him in his own sepulcher and laid him in a bed filled with sweet odors and diverse kinds of spices. Now, his body was surrounded by this beautiful smell. On the outside, it would have been so refreshing. Perhaps not for Mike, but uh, uh, the others would have all felt that the smell was fabulous. Beautiful odors. But uh, the elaborate arrangements that were made for his passing didn't amount to much. It didn't amount to much. Because, you see, it's where we stand with God in our hearts. That's what counts, isn't it? What is the point in an elaborate funeral? All the spices and odors that could make things so beautiful. If your heart is not right with God. And so, let us make sure that in our lives, we seek God. If you seek God, He will be found of you. Let us make sure that in our lives, we give Him the first place. He demands nothing less. 
His eyes are going to and fro. Looking who's practicing it in their lives. And may you be found to be in that position where when his eyes come to you, that he says, yes, that brother, that sister, her heart, his heart is perfect towards me. And he will be there for you. Then you will see over and over again in your life those words, quiet, rest, peace, joy. Remember? When you remove all the idols, what did it say? Joy. You may think, the world thinks that, oh no, if we don't follow these things, if we remove all these idols, all this fun, there is no joy, it's boring. But the Bible tells us otherwise. And if you put it into practice in your life, you can prove it. And then the most important thing, don't like Esa, do it well for 35 years, and then the last six years, it all went a waste. Let us close by looking at Psalm 48, verse 14. For this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even unto death. Don't stop before the rewards that are due to you. Go through all the way to the end. Let him be your God. Let him guide you. And you will find great happiness, joy, victory in your life. You can be a blessing to others as well when you follow these steps uh, and learn these lessons from the life of Esa. Let's close in prayer. Our Father, we thank Thee for the lessons that are given to us in Scripture which are for our learning. We pray, our Father, that the lessons from this man Esa's life that we would put it into practice in our life uh, even though the temptations of this modern world are many even though the evil one is waiting for us to fall let us be those that seek God seek his ways give him the first place in our lives and let us lead joyful victorious Christian lives and be a blessing to others. So our Father, part us with thy blessings. We ask this in the precious and worthy name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.